Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. On today's episode of The Glue Guys, DEFCON 7. Boop, boop, boop. We are diving into all the Kyrie, Kevin Durant. This is me diving. YouTube audience diving. Out there. We're diving. DEFCON 7. to the glue guys this is mike here say hello brian hello. check us out on uh, on the netsdaily.com check Let's us out on twitter say. at bk glue guys yeah. the athletic get yourself on the paywall at theathletic.com yeah. slash glue guys a subsidiary of the new york times brian. michael michael we've got some news buddy or do we we don't the actually Nets are in hell what is um what is the news anymore so obviously this is our draft uh, review show <laughs> the Nets, I give them an A plus because they crushed the draft this yeah. year. Absolutely no flaws. Um, no, let's talk Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. So since we last spoke, Brian and I, what was it, Monday? It's when we had our first pod reacting to Sham Sharania news about the impasse. Since the impasse, there have been some developments. Yeah. Primarily of which is a very, I mean, I work with Shams, but a very oddly worded tweet where it was essentially... Um, Kevin Durant is mulling his future slash Kyrie's now looking for a new home, but maybe not. Um, this is a real, who do you believe situation? Can I? Woj, Windhorst. Yeah. I mean, Shams, Shams. represents Kyrie's interest in this and Woj, uh, the, the, the Nets plus <laughs> the, just the Nets, I guess. Uh, is that fair to say? Is that uh, people have been trying well, to distill so, it to, to the terms as that. So people want simplicity, Mike. And are we going to give them what they want? Are we going to give them our classic brand of gray shades or, uh, or gray primer? Uh, again, sponsored by The Gray Man, Netflix's <laughs> looming blockbuster from the Russo brothers of Marvel's Endgame fame, starring Ryan Gosling and Chris and, Evans. And need I say more? And yeah. Chris Evans. Okay. Um, please check out Netflix. And if you get a, if you want to go get a subscription to Netflix, what? go to the thenetflix.com slash glue guys. That's get not, yourself behind that that's paywall. Not real. Don't that's do not that. a real URL. How funny would it be if it was though, Brian? Um, so I think there's a conventional wisdom, which is just not necessarily wrong, that Woj is the corporate speak and Shams is the, the in the bunker players mm. viewpoint. I'm going to tell you, both Shams and Woj yeah. have access to all angles. To, to both sides. Yeah. I think that's the, th that's the thinking man's approach to this. There's good people on both sides, mm -hmm. right? And so even though that Woj may seem to be more from Sean Marks, and I'm, I, I'm sure he is. It's also like Shams has access to Sean Marks, you know, on to, some level. To, so yeah, 
Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, so it, it, it seems like it's like a real who do you trust? Basically, Woj is, this is what Woj just says. Kevin Durant has not told the Nets he will ask for a trade if Kyrie Irving exits Brooklyn, though Woj himself puts out this like long list of teams that Kyrie may want to go to if he goes to that point. Shams yeah. has done the same thing. Well, and this then, has really been and then put you in a blunder. Hear yes. the clip from the etceteras, the etcs this morning. So let's get into that a little bit. Yeah. What? What? So I have a couple of quotes. Yeah. Let's, okay. Let's start with that. That's best. So Kevin Durant's podcast, etceteras, with Banksy slash Eddie Gonzalez as the host. Big shout out. Big shout out. Uh, they recorded, I believe it was yesterday. It seemed like, at least from the social media postings, the recording happened yesterday, and the podcast went out yesterday. Quick turnaround at the boardroom's, you know, podcast office. Uh, not not faster than us, K- though, Mike. That was a whole 24 <laughs> hours, you know. Uh, this is what KD had to say. Uh, it's no involvement at all. I can't be involved when he was asked whether he's involved with the Kyrie situation. This is a man's livelihood. This is much bigger than me. Being a free agent, it's one of the most important times in your career. That can't be swayed by anybody else. I just do me and wait for the time. And there's another quote. That's where I'm at with it. Basketball is obviously the most important thing. This is about the friendship of him and Kyrie. I try not to let it get in the way of somebody else's personal decision. Like I said, whatever happens, the friendship will still be there, which is actually kind of an interesting quote if we're foretelling anything. Um, when you heard the Exeteris quotes, anything pop out to you? Well, one of the things that I think about in this whole, you know, Shams Vuoge um, information battle, this Cold War, um, because they've really taken some opposing sides in this as the information has come out. Um, I think it's interesting if if these rumors that Shams are reporting about KD wanting a trade are linked back to Kyrie's team, who is his stepmother, I, I guess, plus whomever else is on his team, who, by the way, you know, not to no shade there, because I did look at uh, her LinkedIn and she's a real person. She sells ads for BET. So it's a, it's a professional person. It's not a, sure. Not a, yeah. uh, just total, you know, layman or whatever. Um, so, uh, but still a pretty wild choice, a pretty wild to, choice. And, and definitely yeah. a, a difficult position, you know, right out of the gate for sort of an untested, uh, agent in a what is becoming an increasingly tense negotiation here. So um, that's an interesting data point. But um, I think if the rumors are linked back to Kyrie's team, um, that's a weird thing for a friendship. That's an interesting strain on a friendship to have a, to be using your friendship as leverage in your contract negotiation. <laughs> if, if that were if you were trying to get a job somewhere, <laughs> and I was like. Um, you know, involved in that decision making in, in any really truly any capacity, um, that would be weird, Mike. That would be weird for me and you. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I will say that um, I think our friendship would be a detriment to any contract negotiations because I, <laughs> I I would just be like, like I would just be I wouldn't want to like upset the apple cart with, between you and I on that level. That, that's what we want to protect most. It's not it's yeah, not the job. I would take less money yeah. to continue to. That's hang not out true. That's not true. Um, no, but. It's a very odd dynamic. Um, I will say this. There's a reason why Draymond Green's podcast is getting more notice than Kevin Durant's at the moment. Oh, why is that? Draymond's very honest. Hmm. Maybe too honest. Uh, Kevin Durant, come on, man. 
By the way, do we people have been talking about players with being on the uh, iTunes charts and stuff like that? I just want to stress here, as an industry insider, those charts are about trending data. Okay, they're not about overall downloads. So yeah, because we'd be above that. Because we uh, (laughs) I don't want to come in over the top, boys. But we've been in the game. Just kidding. Uh, You probably are crushing us. But um, the they are (laughs) yeah by by a few magnitudes. But um, the the point is like people are like we're charting. Don't read into this is a classic, you know, podcast industry 101. The charts are about uh, traffic attention. You know, it's an al- it's complicated algorithm, not really about downloads. Just want to put that. It's up like there. people bragging they have a hit Netflix show when really it's just that, like you're just out al- like you're the algorithm after the floor is lava. Yeah. <laughs> so after people are done watching that, it hops to you and you happen to get a nice rating. Right. It's something, it's of something it. like that. Um, so okay, I, I'm not here to call out Kevin Durant. There's no like reason. Like he can say whatever he wants to say. He he doesn't have to say anything, right? Like it would be better if I was advising him. Cone of silence, right? Like you shouldn't even talk about it. And he has a podcast, and they felt compelled to do a podcast even within this sort of this time frame. But if you're going to do it, talk about it give, a little bit more than just saying there's no involvement at all. I mean, that's not true. That's not true that there's no involvement. Like, if Kevin Durant's not involved at all, and then he goes around, let's say the Nets play hardball with Kyrie, and then Kyrie's like, okay, I'm going to leave, and I'm going to go to sign with the Lakers for the taxpayer mid-level exception. (laughs) And then KD's like, hey, guys, I didn't like that. Sean Marks would be like, hey, Kev, you uh, had no involvement. You decided not to involve yourself in the situation. It's a hedge, of course. Um and but I don't think I mean if we had to you know put it on the spectrum of hedging, uh, it falls more <laughs> in the favor of uh, I, I'm not tethered to Kyrie necessarily. Slightly is that fair to Ooh. say? Yeah, I mean, so the second quote about friendship about basketball is the most important thing, but I try not to let that get in the way of somebody else's personal decision. Like I said, whatever happens. The friendship will still be there. When I saw that quote, that was very much of what we talked about on our show earlier this week, which is like, you know, we're led to believe that this Kevin Kyrie friendship is so close that, of course, they're going to play together. All this is just posturing. It's just negotiation. There's no way these two guys, these best buds would ever leave each other. You and I have talked about two people may be friends and realize they shouldn't live together. And Kevin Durant is literally saying Friendship, we can still be friends, but maybe we don't need to play basketball. Well, and here's the other thing, too. Like, there's no guarantee that when Kyrie, if this does implode, and I'm not saying it will, but let's say it does, that they go and what they're going to go play on the same team again somewhere else. Like, that's like it doesn't even practically make sense on that level because uh, they would now be again far flung to two different teams. That's whatever that, you know, that's one point. But also, like, I think about this. from the perspective of the optics around K- uh, K- KD in this case, because like, so KD's career has, you know, when he's been flamed, it's been flamed for the optics of being dragged to one team or another by, in one case, opportunity now by friendship. I think if he takes a personal, like if he takes the Kyrie's decision personally to the effect that, you know, he wants to leave, it, it's still yet again, another like optical L in, in a word, uh, or in a sense, uh, for just him not having autonomy, right? And that's sort of where maybe if I were in his position, and I'm certainly not, but like, you know, part of maybe this is a bad point because I don't know how much he actually cares about these optics, but like 
the idea that he would let a uh, like a friendship guide his thinking to the extent that it like totally changes his career trajectory yet again feels like something that would he, he would at least be thoughtful about at this point in his career. And I'll say this. So legacy matters to a lot of these guys. And obviously getting swept in the first round is damaging to Kevin Durant's legacy, regardless of the I mean, it's not like massively, but it is. And you know, as much as people may hate that LeBron, you know, goes from one team to the other, wins some championships, then leaves that franchise in wreckage for the most part, and then goes somewhere else, right? And like completely disrupts any flow. At least he wins in those places. And this is Katie's first real LeBron moment. Him going to Golden State wasn't LeBron going to Miami necessarily, because Miami had, a, I mean, they won one championship earlier, but it's not the same level, right? That's a different move. LeBron has gone places and built contenders and champions. KD, ultimately, if we're talking about the upper tier legacy, you know, that sort of that like the Mount Rushmore of the NBA, the 50 greatest players, the top 15 greatest players, where I think Kevin Durant is firmly within the top 15. This like net situation, not to get too big picture, is going to be the thing that is damaging to Kevin Durant's like greatness resume. And it's almost like something he can't really control. Like, he tried to make the best decision for himself. He wasn't having fun in Golden State, which I totally... Of course, he went to the Nets, so I defend his decision. But he decided, like, okay, wait, Kyrie... Because at that time, Kyrie wasn't as damaged as he is now. I'll go there with DeAndre Jordan and Kyrie. We'll build something really great, and we're going to win a bunch of championships. The situation has been a disaster. It's just been an uh, utter disaster. And it's... Kind of, I mean, I know he's been hurt, but it's like partly on him and for making those choices. Can I also add one other thing that I keep seeing out in the wild out there? And it's wild tell out us, there, Mike. Tell us. Um, this, this heaping, just heaping dose of copium that people are injecting mainlining right now, which is this 18-point uh, differential in the Boston sweep thing. Like, we've talked about this before, but that was a capital S sweep, guys. Like, let's stop. Like, yes, there was yes. – we had some injured players. Our two best players played the entire series um, like for 40 minutes apiece or whatever it was. And it was like, yes, we got things close towards the end of games to shore up that point differential. But if I don't know if you feel this way, but at no point, but for that first game, did I feel like we were within arm's reach of of winning any of those games at any point? Like they had an answer for everything. And it, Absolutely. Yeah. And, and if you were like, moment, we have to remember what happens in as the as we do an autopsy of that season. It is it doesn't benefit anybody to be in denial about what happened there. Like we have to take we have to internalize what happened. <laughs> that was a a bad. <laughs> series and a capital s sweep we got got mike we we that was there it was demoralizing at times even as close as it was like so the part of this like you know i love statistics i love analytics and i love sort of looking at the numbers and having that cold hearted terminator take Mm -hmm. but watching that series there was a gap between the two teams now, I think it's a gap that could be close if Kyrie comes back and Ben Simmons is healthy and Kevin Durant and there's cohesion. But like, we're not talking about that, right? We're talking about what we saw. Yeah, well, and it was we're talking about, ugly. okay, let me even put more context into this because we're talking about like the reality of what happened was that there was a wedge driven between the top, the best players on the team. P- potentially even a ramp. A ramp. There was a, well, you know, even before a that, ramp like, and what, a wedge. what got us to the ramp was the, the wedge. wedge. Is just a little ramp. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's so true, Mike. You just turn yes. it on its side. Um 
And the the whole reason why this is a fraught negotiation is because mm-hmm. of the lack of trust that there won't be yet another wedge that leads to yet another ramp. And that is why it's like <laughs> we can't we this is why there's this, you know, this schism of this chasm between the parties. And that chasm is a is a trust. And yes, we've gone into like, is Kyrie to blame? Da, 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 da. The, the fact of the matter is he that was a bad season, both. On court and off court, it, it affected our personnel, you know, downstream effects. This goes into the, what we've been talking about with, like, everyone says publicly Kyrie's a great guy. What This is in life, in business, in everything, Mike. Don't listen to what people say. Watch what they do. Watch what they do. What happens with, <laughs> with Kyrie is that people want distance from him. That's just been the case. It's like my high school girlfriend said she wasn't cheating on me. And then I watched what she did. Yet another layer. Of and the she onion. was in the hot tub on homecoming <laughs> what? night. In the hot tub. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can tell you that story later. Please. That was crazy. Please do. Fun night. Anyways. <laughs> different so different onion. I was I, just a differentiator. I was not in the hot tub. Just so. Well, that's where the cheating. Sounds like that's where the cheating yeah, comes in. Everyone aware. <laughs> So, anyways, <laughs> another okay. Let's peel back that layer. Yeah. Here's what. Let's do, quick break. Coming back because we need to talk about sort of the the general implications of what may be happening here over the next five days. So that's when Kyrie Irving has to make his decision. Coming back, we'll talk about the next five days. It's DefCon Seven here on the Glue Guys Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next, you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. And we're back. DEFCON 7 has been activated. Uh, Brian, yeah. here's what's going to happen. Okay. Within five days, June 29th is the date that Kyrie Irving has to decide whether to opt into his well, final year of his player option. I would, I think from all sort of scenarios, of all the routes that could be taken, whether it's Kyrie coming back to the team and being traded, all the likely routes lead through him opting in. Whether it's to come back to the team on just a one-year deal, whether it's to come back on an extension, or to opt in and be traded, yeah, I still think like as as unstable as Kyrie can see a seem at times, it would be a very drastic move to forego twenty-five million dollars to take a taxpayer mid-level exception with a certain team. That's it's like that's that's unprecedented. We're not stuff. there yet. We're not there yet. Kyrie yeah. is an unprecedented dude, that and also true. like. People have said this, so this isn't like an original take. But if Kyrie's um, 
sort of displeasure is with money and commitment, why would that same person then want to go to another team for like a year and $5 million? Yeah. There's a really like complicated dynamic at play here. Now that the kimono has been opened on, you know, the Nets sudden, <laughs> sudden, Talk about homecoming night. sudden desire to play a little bit of hardball because there's an interesting problem that that now Great movie, cr- Keanu Reeves. Cr- creates uh, is that, you know, in the like, so Kyrie is a, um, an asset with a lot of baggage and we are now creating yet another sort of data point in his perceived. And I'm saying this because this is now coming from the nets <clears throat> perceived drum because from Kyrie's perspective, he's like, Hey, I'm not being dramatic. I just want what's owed to me. I am a max player and I'm looking for a max contract done and done. Makes sense. They're like, well, that last season was a calamity and we have, you know, our own, uh, dog in the race, but by making this a fraught negotiation again, uh, they're now driving his value down yet further for this trade. And when I looked at the um, responses to to Woj's tweet about the preferred destinations, I think I went through. I mean, I went down a real dark Twitter rabbit hole yesterday. I think you could probably tell. And tell me. and but I went down and probably looked at like a couple. I would say like at least a hundred or more responses. And I think I found one person who, with a lot of qualifiers, was like. I did take him on the Mavs and that was, that, that was, that's the, again, this is Twitter. This is the big, you know, this is a, I'm putting, so put a giant asterisk on any of what I'm saying here, but just out in the sort of the, the public thought forums of the world for better or worse, uh, his value is very low, very low at the moment. Well, yeah. Amongst fans on other teams, like the, there's no fan base that is clamoring for Kyrie. So their fake trades, you know, the sign-in trade or the opt-in and trade for Kyrie is like, the Knicks fans like, Evan Fournier, Alec Burks, <laughs> Nets got to throw in a second-round pick yeah. with right. Kyrie. And it's like, right. what are we talking about here? Ultimately, you know, as silly as this may be, if Kyrie actually gets traded, the net, I mean, th- that team is going to need the Nets. The only team that may not, that Kyrie could seriously go to, is your New York Knicks. And I just want to say one thing. It's been said before, but I want to say it clearly. Did you watch the draft last night? Uh, I cut the first like half hour. One of the more... So you saw like two picks. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so one of the more confusing things that happened during the draft last night, when everyone knows this, is the Knicks, like the Knicks, Pistons, Hornets trades that all happened. OKC was involved in there too. That... Essentially, the Knicks dumped Kemba Walker for a first and two or four second round picks to I don't even know what team he's on right now. Um, And they got three first round picks from OKC to trade number 11 this year. A lot, lot happened. But essentially, the Knicks cleared some cap space, got closer to max salary cap space. They still have some ways to go. And they got first round picks that they can use in dumping very, very easily. They got three of them going to be pretty easy to find a place for Alec. They need to dump Alec Burks and Evan Fournier to just be able to give, then get Kyrie as a max and not have to give the Nets a single thing. It's not completely out of the realm of possibility. The Knicks are, you know, if they attach two of those first round picks to Evan Fournier to the Orlando Magic, send them back to Orlando and Orlando gets more for first round picks and then they get Evan Fournier back. Alec Burks is actually a guy I think teams may want. And, you know, the Knicks could just flip Alec Burks to whoever who may want him. 
um, for like a guy who has a non-guarantee. So I'm like, it's ju- I'm very just thinking easy. of Kyrie Irving with Knicks fans and that whole like that would it may open a actual portable hell. Like it like like that would be such. No a- no no no. That would make you feel good. <laughs> I know a lot of people listening to this are like, don't let Kyrie go. Give Kyrie. No no. That would make me feel good. <laughs> Because he would be such a disaster for the Knicks. It's he just, would be. It's just such the, a, a bad com- combination. That one specific one. Yeah. I know people may know this, but they may not. I did a literal Knicks documentary for the Athletic, a twenty-year look of the James Dolan ownership, starting from the end of the Patrick Ewing era till today. And many Knicks fans know this: the number of point guards that have come, Marbury, Steve Francis. Derek Rose now, Kemba Walker, over all of them over the hill, all of them crusty, injury riddled, not what they exactly were before they got there. Kyrie going to the Knicks as his final stop in the NBA would be so perfect because we know it would be a it would be an absolute disaster. There's no way that story turns into a fairy tale. There's no way that he going into the Garden and being attached to the Knicks and all the pressure. Like, he bristles at Alex Schiffer, Brian Lewis, Christian, <laughs> like sweet humans. Just gentle, Greg Logan. gentle young men. Yeah. Like, just like polite, like completely, you know, they do their job, but like they aren't, you know, the cauldron that is the Knicks coverage the, where it, like, you know, those like are guys become, media elite. That's where the elite yeah. really hang their hat. It's like going from if you're like a local state senator in some, you know, flyover state to then going to Washington, D.C., you know, and going to Capitol Hill. Yeah. You're just you got MSNBC, CNN, Fox News in your face every day. Yeah. So like that, like as much as again, I know the path to a championship is Kyrie to return. We all do have a kumbaya moment at Joe Tsai's yacht. And let's put actually a fine point on this, because I I think it's getting lost in translation a little bit. I think Mm -hmm. people are confused about the fact that, like, yes, we put a lot of detail onto the different permutations of what could happen here. But ultimately, everyone kind of agrees that Kyrie coming back and whether it's on a player option and then an extension through that or whatever is ultimately the best you know, for us, you know, that's, that's keeps us competitive. It keeps KD, you know, 25% happier, whatever the case is. And, you know, we get to run it back out with Ben Simmons at, at all and, and see what we have. Uh, nobody's in denial about that fact. And also like to all of the points we've raised previous, you know, losing him at this point puts us in a weird economic situation with our assets. Um, so, and you've talked extensively about how we actually have to get a package back that, that we can then flip yet again for that third star, um, getting ahead of the fact that probably Ben Simmons and KD won't be enough to, to, uh, win it all, Mike. But, um, so, so yeah. I don't want to get anyone like confused about where we stand on this. Obviously we agree that Kyrie is a special player and they, you know, there is still that data point also of the buck series, right? Where things looked pretty good. So it's not to say that like everything is, uh, in complete shambles. Right. Um, so just wanted to put that, <laughs> well, I mean, everything wait, wait. is complete shambles with the core identity of just Kyrie and KD plus a third star. That that concept has at least some traction. That's what I'm yes. trying to say. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, the Nets are right now that like really like great idea startup that has a horrible like business management. Their books are all out of shape, but there's a private equity company is just licking their chops at the, the Nets and saying, if we could like bust this thing open and really pump up. This asset, we yeah. could sell it for even bigger price. Let me ask you this. Yes. Um, 
there's a idiom about honey or something and salt, you know, sugar via anyways, it's about like, you know, just giving people there's a what it's an idiom, an idiom. An idiom. Yeah. But like, what's the idiom? I can't come up with it, but it's something about like sugar and honey and salt. Just it's either honey sugar or, and or sugar. Everything nice. <laughs> anyways, it's about the fact that like, have we made a mistake here just by stepping on this landmine of playing hardball with Kyrie, where now the relationship is just perma perma fucked. And he's just going to be the two toothpaste out of the tube type thing. Right. Is like that what we're going for? My, my thinking about this is like, you know, it, the queso out of the cup. Here's the thing. You, if you just cave to Kyrie, the block you, out of the bowl, are you ultimately going to get more of what you want just by him? Like having a completely, um, unopposed tract to do whatever he exactly wants in his life. Or are we just creating a, you know, a now a situation in which it's almost certainly doomed to curdle. Yeah, so I, I can't really figure out because here's the other thing too. Like yeah. Joe Sai is an executive at one of the largest, most powerful companies in the world, or was, or whatever he is. You get you don't get to those positions in life without uh, having some teeth, Mike. He's got some sharp elbows, I'm sure. And Not to get too political, but particularly in China. Yeah, specifically, it's a tough. It's, it's tough it, to operate a very big business in China. Yeah, some tough markets out there. So he's like, I'm sure he's comfortable with making things weird and awkward in a negotiation. I'm, I'm positive. But is it, you know, is now like their ego being thrust into the forefront uh, to our overall detriment? Well, here's for me and Begley. He tweeted out this last night. One note on the Kyrie Irving Nets situation. Brooklyn's stance against giving Kyrie a max extension has been thus far fully supported by owner Josiah. Now, Nets Twitter went ablaze, not because of this tweet, but because Josiah liked a tweet yesterday from some random Nets fan who did not tweet at Josiah, which is why people are going crazy about it. He liked the tweet that the person basically was like, good for Sean Marks for taking a stand, full team over one person. And Josiah liked that tweet. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm pretty sure Josiah was not at that tweet. So that means he's on Twitter searching around for Sean Marks. And looking around for things, unless if he's being fed that through Twitter, and I would doubt that Twitter pulled up that tweet specifically. He, he, um, Joe doesn't have that big of a following, so he, that algorithm could be pretty weird. Yeah, we're we're actually kind of bigger than Joe Sai on the internet. I don't want to, you know, he's got a billion dollars, but we got like six thousand <laughs> followers. So eat it, Joey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, so this is what I don't get. So I trust me, like you know, I've talked to, to you about this. My emotional well-being has been better um, oh. since the idea that Kyrie Irving may not be on this team. Okay, I'm just gonna be honest. Like yeah. I'm so, I'm so sick of the experience. It's been so disappointing, dude. I'm worn down. I, I'm I, burnt out. I will say, like, not to say that Nets Twitter was like some kumbaya, you know, harmonious situation, but like, but it was. Things have gotten wild. I mean, and I've t- I've talked about it some extensively, but people just show up in your replies, and be like, "You're an idiot, and I want you to die." <laughs> like, whoa! Well, where did all I've been this watching Lion new King energy a lot come from? Yeah, with my son. <laughs> <laughs> thinking of the boss baby thing yeah. but i've been watching lion king a lot with my yeah. son and it's like why did simba ever really leave timon and pumbaa they're just chilling in paradise eating bugs and he has to go back to the wasteland that scar and the hyenas have picked that's over Mike, that's like, the whole that's the dharma he has to follow his dharma his life's purpose 
Yeah, but why does it have to be his life? He should just, I mean, he's in paradise with his best friends. Why go back and follow your father's path? Follow your own Simba. This, this feels like it's about to be path. a Jordan Peterson moment here. This like, I'm about to. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just, I, I don't know why this has anything to do with the Nets, yeah. but like, I, this, this the, the Kyrie experience has just been horrible. And he, he is the, one of the most sort of anti-fan oriented basketball players of any generation he thinks he has fans and i know he does but he doesn't care about like nets fans he cares about Kyrie fans and you know ultimately all all we as nets fans would want is just him to play basketball like that's all we ask of our of our basketball players is for them to be basketball players Mm -hmm. but he doesn't he has no he does not care about connecting with a nets fan base um with with any any of his actions has nothing to do with like how will I be viewed by the people that cheer for me, by the the actual Nets fans that cheer for me. What he does think is like the people online who are like go get him Kyrie. Mm-hmm. They they he understands those fans and he will react to them, but he doesn't care about the Nets fan base. So I've been, I agree with you. This team like if they want to win championships, he needs to be back. What does that mean? Should they sign a max extension? Yeah. You know, you know, yeah. Using but, your Lion King analogy, I would actually even say that like what's currently happened is the Simone and Puma oasis of hedonic pleasure of, you know, of of transitory like you know, what happened last season was KD and Kyrie and well, Kyrie to a greater extent indulged in their transitory desires. Like and the effect was a first round sweep. You know, he they now now the dharma is pushing for them to to aspire to to be more, and this is the contract negotiation here. We're, we're <laughs> sorry, that was a little bit loose. I'm trying to connect the dots, but you see where I'm headed, right? I'm loving yeah. every second of it. Yeah. I'm loving every second. They were in a pleasure oasis, Mike. It was the Sirens Island, okay? In in a Greek tale, in a Greek, you know. I do just want to pose this, okay? It, it, let's say the Nets give Kyrie the max extension, right? What's actually the worst thing that could happen? Like. So, like, ultimately, if if he ends up being like he plays for one year and then he retires or whatever, and then the, the contract's on the books, I mean, their franchise, their franchise by losing Kyrie right now, they may potentially go down the S H I T T R E R. Anyways, you know, like they may like losing Kyrie basically kills you because Kevin Durant may then leave after that. So, to me, that's what like you have to look at the cause and effect of all your actions. And then what's the outcome from all those it's cause and effects moments. It's a probability game for sure. And the thing that's what makes it so much more complicated is that Kyrie Irving's uh, worst case scenario is a little bit worse than most people's worst case scenarios. Like take the Darren Williams experience and then add, you know, a 20, percent more worst case scenario to that like we even like in the discord shout out to the discord and you can join that in the link in the youtube below or in our twitter profile or discord discord.gg slash glue guys uh it was like you know thrown out there that it's possible out of protest that Kyrie signs his player option and then just sits and doesn't play like there's a non-zero chance that even something as diabolical as that could could go down like that i'm not saying that that's a high there's a high probability that there's not <laughs> and but it's just the idea that that's even conceivable to the fan base does demonstrate a little bit about you know how unpredictable he is and where everyone's heads are at do you actually think Let's let's look at Kevin Durant again for a second. Has anything changed your mind about where Kevin Durant sits in all this? 
Because I just to go back to our Monday conversation, we were like, if anything happens with Kyrie, it's because of Kevin Durant. Whether it's he gets the max, Kevin Durant's going to tell Sean Marks, hey, man, you have to give him that or I'm going to leave. Or if Kyrie doesn't get it, it's because Kevin Durant's okay with it. Are we as firm in knowing that Kevin Durant's fully on board with whatever decision happens? Yeah, I'm like I think the latest Woj sort of communication that communicated what was now the Kevin Durant hedge that we heard on his on his podcast, um, where he's like, I haven't, you know, there hasn't been a discussion between KD and the front office about wanting a trade. Now that leaves you know an open a lot of things unsaid, obviously, uh, but that and you know, key point here, but that he wants to be you know up to speed with whatever the plan is in a post Kyrie world, which is to say that like, you know, do what you guys got to do if this thing goes sour, but you know, make sure you're not getting nothing back that you can't to your point, flip for a pretty immediate valuable asset that continues to make us, you know, championship contenders. That's a tall order, but um, that's basically like where we've sort of landed on this entire time, which is that like KD probably doesn't love the situation, but you know, doesn't want to be, his, his wagon is not permanently hitched to Kyrie to the extent that he can't see that there's a light at the end of the tunnel if you do get assets back that result in a third player. Now, how realistic that is, Mike, I leave to you. You're the specialist there. You know, we've <laughs> we've talked about his diminishing trade value uh, over the course of the last two episodes. Um, you know, that is – that's a tough – that's a tall order, as I said. But um, I, I just think that that's a pretty realistic response from KD, and it seems to be consistent from him and, you know, the Nets management messaging through Woj. Can I ask you another question? Please. And I already think I know my answer. The Nets' hardline stance with Kyrie, do you think it's because they know that Ben Simmons is going to be good to go and they're not as worried? Nobody's even taught. Nobody cares about Ben Simmons at this moment. Thank you. That's okay. I just (laughs) wanted to ask the question because there could be a take of like the Nets are so confident that Ben Simmons, he's going to be in the right mindset and he's going to be back healthy and he's going to be kicking ass. I will say during the NBA draft last night, I was watching the Perkins, you know, Kendrick Perkins, uh, Malika Andrews, Jay Billis broadcast, not the ABC one. And they were showing Ben Simmons highlights in relation to some of the players. And I was like, Oh my God! What a freak! Yeah, it's like I don't remember what he looks like on the court. I should say I not that nobody cares about Ben Simmons. Period. Just nobody cares about him with regards to this particular negotiation. <laughs> I like Ben Simmons. I'm excited to watch him play. I don't want to get that chopped out of context. Too late. Question for Too you, late. please. Would you be? Let me ask. Serious question. Kyrie leaves either in either scenario. Would you be more excited for a team? of Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons, and like whatever crap they get from whatever team Kyrie goes to, or Ben Simmons, all the young players, a bunch of draft picks in your chest, and whatever other small piece you get from a Kevin Durant trade too. What excites you more as a Nets fan? Seriously. Are you more excited still that Kevin Durant would be on a team but without Kyrie, or would you rather them just be like, fuck it we just gotta blow this shit up because kevin durant like particularly kevin durant would be like why am i here yeah i would I, mean? I would like to keep kevin durant at pretty much all cost i'll say that like if it's if it's really if if what shams is saying is is closer to the truth then i i keep kevin durant at all costs um however i am kind of excited to see what Kevin Durant looks like as just the one, a leader of, of a team, (laughs) because like, you know, he's, he's diversified that leadership uh, position over the years. Uh, Not to say that Kyrie has been especially 
desirous of any leadership, but he's split that obviously with Harden and Kyrie. Um, and I just think that like Kevin, like the, when uh, the basketball was the most fun to watch over the course of the season was the period in which it was like, you know, the young guys and, and KD to a certain extent, like that was a really fun period in time. Not to say that that's like the most winning path forward and not, obviously yeah. we hope to get some assets back in, in the course of all this. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just, again, Kyrie plus KD and a third star is obviously a good situation, you know, on the whole net good. That's what you want if you can make it work. But I'm open, at least in theory, to a KD is the one a pillar of the team and some other assets, you know, hopefully star assets around him. I'm open to. Yeah. It. Yeah. So and I do think like I mean, we've said this so many times. KD being here for another four seasons, at least contractually, like that's also gives me some cover with Kyrie. Why I feel like, listen, again, I've talked to like, I, I'm so sick of the Kyrie experience. It's so ridiculous the way he's operated. He has no interest in being committed to the team concept, doing whatever it takes to win. Just doesn't care. His job is to be a basketball player. He seems very disinterested in his job most of the time, though he's electric on the floor when he is sort of activated in that way. But Kevin Durant, like, I would be really worried. Let's say Kevin Durant only had two, like, this upcoming season, the next season on his contract. I would be very terrified to give Kyrie four years. But because Kevin Durant would be there through the length of a Kyrie offer, it gives me cover. Because let's say it really blows up and Kyrie retires. Well, I would have Kevin Durant to trade. You know, like, you kind of have the fallback option to use Kevin Durant, not use him, but, you know, if... Kyrie blows up and Kevin Durant wants to leave. Okay, you rebuild your team around whatever assets you get from the Kevin Durant trade, and hopefully Ben Simmons will be something then, right? So, like, okay. I guess I'm... I don't know. I don't know how to even justify this. All I'm going to say is, what's a worse scenario? Kyrie leaving or Kyrie getting a max contract extension? Kyrie leaving is a worse situation. Like, I don't think... Uh, undeniably. Undeniably. I don't think it's even close. Yeah. So, as as grumpy as i can be joe Sy, sean marks give just give him the money there just, it is what, wow. are you, what are we doing and now you just know now you money. see that mike at the you know zero hour at the one yard line of the negotiations is gonna die like a dog he's <laughs> <laughs> gonna roll over and give you every, everything you want you should see me negotiating with my sons to be like <laughs> no no dessert no dessert and the second they start crying I'm like yeah hey guys you can have whatever you want <laughs> yeah gummies ice cream when you want like yeah. i i fold yeah like a cheap lawn chair here you go just folding it i out. will say um, there is and not to get you know too self-interested or whatever there is a part of me though that longs for the day before all these new face fairweather fans stayed out of our replies <laughs> <laughs> you know and they don't understand jokes yeah they don't get um, jokes there's humorless Kyrie stands and i am over them what what do you think of the Nets three, uh, you know, free agent, undrafted free agents that they picked up? Do you have any thoughts about Donovan Williams or do you have any? No, I have no thoughts. You guys, I have <laughs> no clue. I mean, they, I was, know, they seem like humans. I was supposed to play go do some research on that this morning, but I got got distracted, Mike. So that's next pot. We're, we're going to go deep on the Nets draft day uh, acquisitions. They, they very much seem like they're humans that play basketball. True. And I Big appreciate true. humans that play basketball. Big true. All right. Well, 
can we get like what's the final prediction? I mean, we'll talk next week. You want to get a final prediction? You want to do that to us to ourselves? <laughs> I want you to do it. Damn. I, know, I, I, I honestly it. think that um God, wow, this is so tough. <clears throat> really, Minecraft gun to my head, I think. I think he just I don't see a world in which he just signs his player option. I just don't see him. What do you mean? I don't see a world in which he just completely because like basically to, as far as I understand it, the expectation or like the two sides of the negotiating table is that Nets want him to pick up a player option and play nice for a year to like prove prove himself as like a good teammate, reliable person, whatever. Uh, and he's like, that's BS. There was a crazy COVID thing that happened that was way out of the norm. Like, give me some slack. Like, I play really well when I play. Um, but there was like a weird season there. So just give me the extension. So that seems to be the two sides of the argument. Ultimately, I think Kyrie has the better hand in this, this round of poker. Um, Mm -hmm. so I give him probably a better chance of just getting the extension. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's tough. It's still very, it's a, it's a small margin. Yeah, I think, Here's the thing. So there's the Ian Begley tweet again about Josiah has been fully supportive of not giving Kyrie the max extension. Josiah was also fully supportive of banishing Kyrie for a year because of COVID and then brought him back. And and it's not like Josiah is spineless. It's not that take. I'm just saying like he's also like a flexible leader. I'll be nice about it. (laughs) And maybe he takes a hard stance in negotiations like a lot of negotiators and then you know, when when you get down to it, it's like, eh, well, we tried. Nice try. Let's let's just give you your money. I think there's like a chance where it's like a three year extension with a mutual option for the fourth. I don't I don't think Kyrie is in the giving an inch business. I think as far as negotiations go, I'd be very surprised. Just my read, pure intuition, no real actual insight into this just seems like a guy who's pretty willing to make things incredibly difficult and awkward up until just all the way through, you know? And that's a, it's a, it's hard to negotiate when a guy has a block of C4 in his hand and he's like, (laughs) he's ready to, you know, that's what, that's my assessment of where Kyrie is. He's, I think he's way more willing to blow it up than the Nets are, uh, you know, in effect. What I really hope doesn't happen is that, like, if let's say this all blows up and then they have to trade Durant, that it's not just like the Nets getting like Tyler Hero. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I really, 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 if they're going to trade Kevin Durant, this needs to be just the most outstanding. I mean, Bobby Mark said it, it would be the biggest trade package. I mean, we said it too. It doesn't take a former assistant GM to understand that. It's like, it would have to be just massive. And, yeah, uh, you know, and even, I, I really don't want this to be like this. Even disgruntled. BS. Let's even like look at the past of disgruntled star packages. They've been pretty good over the years. Like even after you know Ben Simmons and James Harden in a couple of different instances, <laughs> I guess at this point, uh, <laughs> asked for trades, they got good stuff back. So like the idea that I, this is kind of contradicting what I was saying earlier about his trade value. Ultimately, when it comes down to it, like people hold out and generally get some decent value back for even disgruntled stars. I mean, let me just quickly say this. If they trade, so obviously they don't control their draft picks like ever. 
it, and next year it's one where Houston doesn't get necessarily a Nets pick. It's a right to swap. Houston's going to suck next year too. So, you know, if the Nets had to be in a tanking situation, it's not like they have to. T- they wouldn't have to tank. They could just get a like a lottery pick. You know, they can get in the lottery, and the Houston will probably still be in the top three. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but knowing the Nets' luck, they would get the number one overall pick and have the chance to draft. You know, that big Frenchman Wenabayam mm-hmm. or however you say his name, and it would he would the pick would get flipped to Houston. Yeah. And I don't want to say well, however you say his name because I'm being dismissive of his name. I'm just saying I don't – actually, I've never really read his name that ever. Was, so. That was a very aw shucks finale, Mike, but, you know, it is what it is. That's another one, a perfect episode for the can. <sighs> At BK Glue Guys on Twitter, discord.gg backslash glue guys. Hop in there. That's where all the spiciest takes are. YouTube, we're cranking them out. Hop in there. <laughs> Netsdaily.com, leading source for Nets News, The Athletic, Get behind the paywall. Get that get that paywall access to all of the Shams news reporting all that stuff. And Mike, that does it for us. Thanks for being on my show. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Bye everybody. See you guys soon. Bye bye bye. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.